welcome to Geordie Happiness Hero. I am joined by Haley Frazier via telephone. How are you doing, Haley? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, usually with my guests, I have some kind of backstory where I tell everyone how we met and all this kind of stuff. But as an interesting twist, you and I have never actually met Haley. I've seen your name in the in the same groups on Facebook and things like that, but we've never actually met in person. And I think that's actually kind of perfect for what we're going to be talking about because this is Mental Health Awareness Month during May. And I feel like everybody, every single human being on this earth has some kind of relationship with the mental health. It's just the nature of our existence. And so as another human being, you, of course, have your own story to tell and your own experiences. And I feel like I could talk to anyone. I could find any person and sit down with them if they're willing and talk to them. And they have a story to tell. They have wisdom nuggets to share with this world. And so I'm very excited to get to hear yours. And we always start by having our guests share three random things about themselves. So I'm going to go ahead and let you... Think of three random things to help introduce you to my listeners. Um, okay. So I am currently a mom of two. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, I lived in Jacksonville, North Carolina my whole life. My mom was military. And uh, I work on base for the CDC. Perfect. Perfect. A military kid. And see, there is so much. I'm sorry. I said there is so much that goes with military and military life that deals hand in hand with mental health as well. So I feel like that's perfect. Um, I've noticed that as I've talked to more and more military families and military wives and Marines themselves who live close by and then kids, of course, military kids in the schools, it's, they have a lot of stuff to tell. All right. My quote of the day, cause I always have a quote of the day on my episodes and today's quote of the day is by actress Glenn Close, and I really love this quote. It says, what mental health needs is more sunlight, more candor, and more unashamed conversation. And so that's what I'm hoping for today, is to have an unashamed conversation about mental health with you. But before we get real, yes, before we get real heavy, let's start with a little light. What is a real... What is your spiciest opinion that most people disagree with, Haley? That's a hard one. Um, anybody can be a parent, but not everybody can be a mom and a dad. And what I mean by that is, you know, <clears throat> you know, unless you know there's some kind of fertility issue, you know, most people are capable of having children. But it takes more than, you know, just having children to be a good parent, if that makes sense. Uh, I think that makes 100% sense. Perfect sense. And I agree with you very wholeheartedly. All right. What motivates you to get up in the morning, Haley? Um, definitely my children. Um, I came from, I'm sorry, um, I came from my mom. My mom was a single mom, single Marine, and I'm the oldest of three. And, you know, growing up, we didn't have much. Um, my husband, same thing. You know, we kind of grew up from 
we started at rock bottom and our biggest motivation in life is wanting to do better by our kids you know give them the childhood that we never got as kids i feel like that's a common note amongst our generation i think you're a bit younger than me but it's still this those age groups maybe millennial gen z a lot of this these generations who are in the throes of parenthood right now are just coming into parenthood. I feel like that's a very common uh, sentiment that we're all just trying to do better. All right. Haley, what have you learned about yourself recently? Um, I'm a lot more resilient than I thought I was. Um, I've been very much, I've lived a lot of my life kind of being that people pleaser that, you know, yes, okay, even if I did not want that. And with me starting a new job, I've kind of learned to kind of, that it's okay to give that pushback. And I am capable of giving that pushback, you know, feeling like I'm going to fall to pieces. I like that. And that's okay. Yes, it is okay. It is okay. And it takes a lot of bravery and growth before we can uh, do that and push back in our own defense and in our own favor. It's a, it's difficult. All right. So here's a big question for you, Haley, and it goes back to our conversation of the day about mental health. Why is mental health important to you personally? Um, mental health is important to me personally. And it takes a level of emotional maturity to be able to come to that. And it, and it, it, it takes a level of healthiness to a mental healthiness to be able to come to that too. Cause when you're in the worst state of mental health, you just, you can't even think that way. And so I think that that's pretty telling that you've done some important work there. Um, what habits do you have to help you take care of your mental health? And I know you said that you've gone back to therapy and I love that cause it's not always easy um, I still do therapy regularly. It's and I still struggle some weeks to to get there and do it, but I know it's important. So what are some habits that you have that help you take care of your mental health? Um, a lot of the habits that I've instilled in myself to make sure that I'm taking care of myself mentally is um, allotting time for me to kind of just disconnect for a little while because as I did before, you know, I work at a CDC, a child development center, and that, so I'm essentially waking up, 
to, you know, being needed at work all day with, you know, running around with kids about the same age as mine. And then, you know, I come home and I have my own set. So, you know, there is no really time to check out. And for a long time, I just kind of kept running, running, running and hitting like a figurative wall until I just cracked. And I come to the realization of, you know, that's not what I can do. So I've now devoted that time for myself. Um, I've tried, I'm actively in the process of trying to find a hobby. So, you know, it's not just work home, work home, work home. I started going back to school. Um, so it kind of gives me something to kind of distract myself if I need that or, you know, give myself some kind of a leeway. Not ordered. I was, it was suggested. It was, I was, whatever. I had to go have um, ECT treatments, which is like, electro something something it's pretty much electric shock but it's it's like nowadays electric shock which i didn't even know they still did that kind of stuff and so when i sat in my doctor's office and he said this is what i'm referring you for this is what i think you need it about broke me because i in my head i was like what like this still happens and then i was like wait a minute you're gonna do what to my brain you're gonna do and and then i just thought i am completely broken i am a broken human i am a shell of a human and it was just it was a hard process to wrap my head around that. And the actual process of going through ECT was really intense. It was not a pleasant thing for me. But if you ask my husband, who was watching from the outside, he says that that whole thing saved my life. Um, and that that drastic measure kind of brought me back from wherever I was. And so my perspective from... When I was young, thinking, I can't go on pills. I can't do this. Oh, I'm just crazy. I'm so crazy. Like, that very stigmatized perspective has really evolved to now that everybody has struggles. Everybody has challenges. We're all human. And we got to break that stigma, or as I've been saying, squash the stigma, so that people aren't so afraid to speak about it and people aren't so afraid to get the help that they need. And how has your perspective on mental health growing up changed into what it is now? Um, for me, I would say it changed in a way of it's widely more accepted. You know, I grew up with, and, you know, I didn't really talk about it because it automatically went to, there's nothing wrong with you. You're being dramatic, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and I think it kind of shifted for me when I did attempt to take my own life. And, you know, that kind of was a wake up for not just me, but everybody else around me of, okay, she's really going through something. And, you know, even then it was very minor changes, but it was also me coming to terms with the fact of, you know, there's something wrong with me. And if I don't actively make an effort to try and figure out what it is, and how to fix it, it's never going to change. Yes, and it's, uh, I guess if any good ever comes from this podcast as a whole, I hope that it's that somebody hears it and says, hey, I'm not so different, like, and I am going through something and I do need to seek help because I think that with me and with you and with a lot of people, it took getting to that point where you feel like I can't live anymore. Like I can't do it anymore it took that horrible horrible low that drastic drastic decision of what is the point like 
the whole world is better off without me before finally I could get over the stigma enough to be like, okay. And I guess in that case, often it's your family or those who love you that are like, it's time for help. Like who cares about the stigma anymore? It's time for help. So I know you just touched on your struggles with suicidal ideation and attempt and I'm guessing that that's probably one of the biggest challenges you've ever overcome in your mental health, but do you have any other big mental health challenges that you've overcome or how did you do it? How did you overcome your biggest mental health challenges? Um, for me, to be honest, I'm currently facing my second worst <laughs> mental health challenge. Um, my anxiety has been to the point of almost crippling with the environment that I'm currently working in. Um, I am currently working, I, I've learned that it's okay to prioritize me. Um, while yes, you know, I love the group that I'm working with, and you know, yes, I love the coworkers that I work with, some things just aren't a good fit and that's okay. And instead of, I had to take a step back and look at the whole picture instead of, you know, individual parts of it and think about it, honestly think about it and be like, is this what I okay with? And I've had to do that in multiple aspects of my life because I'm very much a person who cares for everybody very deeply. So my needs kind of take that back burner. So I'm currently now in a phase where, you know, it's I'm forcing myself to think about, okay, what the what does Haley need to do to make Haley happy to make sure that I'm okay? If that makes sense. That makes so much sense, and it's the whole impetus behind everything I put out into this into this podcast universe. Is that what are my needs? What do I need to make me happy? Like Jordy Happiness Hero, it's all about being your own hero in your own fight for happiness because. We're all kind of egocentric beings and nobody else is going to be out there fighting for your happiness the way that you're going to be able to. And unless you are willing to fight for your own happiness, it doesn't matter who else is trying to help you be happy. You're never going to be happy. You have to choose to go out there and fight for your own happiness. And sometimes you need a reminder to help you do that. And sometimes that reminder is not a fun, pleasant one, which you and I have both experienced I'm sorry that you're dealing with the anxiety right now, the horrible, horrible, crippling anxiety right now, because I know how that is too, and it's intense. And I'm glad that you say that you're choosing yourself because sometimes you get trapped in the mindset that like the world's going to stop turning if we don't show up. But really, the world always just keeps turning. You know, we have to remember sometimes like, hey, if this is not benefiting me, if this is not contributing to my peace and my happiness, I might have to walk away. And that's okay. Like, that's important because the world will go on turning. Things, the world won't collapse because you walked away and your world will be better for it. All right. So a question, have you, like, what? are your favorite mental health resources? Like, do you like books? Do you like podcasts like this one? Do you like people? Do you have apps on your phone that help you with your mental health? What do you use? What are your favorite resources for your mental health? Um, for me, 
I personally really like books. Um, I do listen to a few podcasts, but I think a really big tool for me is, you know, my friends and my family. You know, if I'm having a rough day, there is no shame in calling them and being like, hey, I'm, I'm having a rough time right now. Do you have time even just to sit here and listen, just breathe with me? Or, you know, when, you know, they call me and, you know, there, as you probably know, there are just days where, you know, you just want everything to shut off and, you know, that constant having everybody try and call you. All I want to text you all was they also understand that, you know, hey, there are some days where I just can't. Like, I'm not doing anything, but I just can't do it. And they understand, and, you know, they'll give me a while, check on me occasionally, just make sure I'm okay, and you know what? The next day comes around, and they're like, hey, just want to check in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a bit better today. What was that? All right. So, curiosity, because you brought up growing up how, like, you just didn't talk about it. You didn't talk about it. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. That's why we're trying to break the stigma now. But did you ever have conversations about your mental health or your struggles growing up? I mean, to the extent of being able to name it, no. Um, my mom was a safe place for me. So, like, I could go to my mom. I saw my mom as a safe place. Even if I could talk to anybody else, I could talk to my mom. And even in that sense, but, you know, when I would tell her, it would be kind of like, oh, well, everybody goes through that. Or a, well, you're just being overdramatic in the, in the sense of not to be hurtful, but, like, just, just calm down. It'll be okay. And it didn't really help. It, it gave me an unrealistic view of, okay, well, what I'm really going through ain't and shit for anybody else because everybody else goes through it. I'm 13. What 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 am I going to do that 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 could really be that bad? Yeah, that's and I think that also they don't want to. I think it's hard for them to think about, you know, someone young or someone they care about having those big struggles. Oh, they're okay. They're okay. They're kind of in denial a little bit maybe. Because they don't want to face the fact that even when you're young, you have those big feelings. And sometimes it's worse when you're young because your brain's still developing and you don't have that rational side of your brain fully developed to help you, you know, make sense of things. First time I ever had suicidal ideation and that my depression was really bad was my senior year of high school. And my mom kind of stumbled upon it by accident and I ended up in a doctor's office and I got put on a medication that did not work for me. And then, you know, I stopped taking it because it wasn't working and it just kind of ended. I didn't get any more help again for many, many years. But it was, I, I always think like if I'd had more resources, if I'd had more help, how would have things worked out differently? And I, I guess that's just what I, it's just what I want for the kids now, the young kids. And you probably can write this with your kids. I mean, I mean, I completely understand where, you know, you're coming from. Because I could definitely say that there have been plenty of times where, you know, I thought, okay, well, what if I had taken action sooner? You know, what if I had really pushed for this? And where would I be today? But on the same hand, I think of it from the sense of 
well, yes, it happened. It is, it's still the past. And without all of those things kind of leading up, so now I probably, you know, wouldn't have gotten to the place that I am now, you know. There are definitely certain hardships and struggles that I feel like, you know, everybody goes through. And then there's, like, individual hardships where, you know, it kind of helps you grow as a person. And I think about them and I'm like, okay, well, if this hadn't happened, would, would I be doing this? Or, you know, if, you know, I hadn't lost this, then, you know, would I have what I have now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I wouldn't trade my kids and a lot of the experiences I've had and all of those kind of things for anything. So the path that I took to get here was very important, and I am grateful for it. So tell me about the best year of your life. And then tell me about the hardest, most challenging year of your life. And what did you learn from those each? Um, the best year of my life was 2019. Um, so funny enough, my worst year was 2018 and my best year was 2019. Um, 2018, I moved out with my now husband into our first place together. Um, come to realize we weren't exactly ready to move out together. We were fighting all the time. Um, there was constant conflict. You know, rent was both of us working, you know, we were both working at McDonald's. I'm sorry, not McDonald's, Taco Bell. And, you know, we made enough just to get by, just to keep the lights on. And which also caused more conflict. And, you know, there was some, there was a small time where, you know, we just, we couldn't even stand the sight of each other. And we had to separate. And living in the same house made it, it was a good thing and a bad thing for us because, like, we both had our own spaces within the home. But it was kind of one of those, well, I'm going to stay here, you're going to stay there, so we don't even have to look at each other. And that took, a real toll me because my husband is my best friend. So in a way, not only did I lose, you know, my boyfriend at the time, but I also lost my best friend, like the one person that, you know, understood what I was going through and I couldn't talk to anybody else. And ultimately it did cause me to, you know, fall into a really deep depression where, you know, I could not get out of bed. I didn't, I had no motivation to do anything in life. And then the following year, I don't remember what caused it, but we ended up, you know, trying to work things out. And then we got pregnant with my son. And that was the year that I became a mom. And, you know, it kind of gave me that sense of, okay, now I have, well, I should live for me. It gave me the expression of, okay, now I have something to live for and to strive to do better for. And that was kind of my first step of, okay, it's time to get help. Because I also struggled with PPD during that time. And I kind of felt, because of the fact that I had become aware of, you know, the sloping that comes with it, I was just like, okay, I'm I'm in a really dark place and I'm sitting, I've been sitting here for a while. It's time, It's now time to get to do something about it because it's not just me that's affected by it now. Well, I think that was, makes me so happy. Not that people suffer. Like I never want people to suffer, but it makes me so happy when people come to that 
And instead of coming to a choice that could be so much more painful or so much, you know, just not positive, they come to the place like, hey, I need help. Like I'm, and then they are brave enough and emotionally mature enough and wise enough to go get themselves help. I love when I hear that people do that. I love it. That when you could turn and choose something else, you chose help. And I love that. I never really asked you, and I always usually ask this at the beginning, but I kind of forgot. What is your origin story, Haley? Where did you come from? Tell us more about who you are. Um, so I was actually born and raised here right on Camp Lejeune. Um, my mom was a Marine. Um, there, honestly, there's not much to tell. Um, I've been here my whole life. Um, just taking it a day at a time and learning that, you know, learning from the mistakes I make today so I don't make them tomorrow. That's very wise. I still struggle with that. You know, I still, habits are hard to break. And when you have a habit of making dumb choices, it's hard to stop making those bad choices and start making better ones. Because we're all human. Who... Which human, living or dead, has made the most influence on your life? Um, so it's not really bad. I don't have favorites. Um, it's going to have to be my son. Um, because, you know, my son was kind of that catalyst of, for me, it was a, I was very much living a life that, you know, just to numb. I was living a life to numb what I was going through. And, you know, finding out that I was pregnant with my son, you know, it made me stop a lot of habits that I had. And, you know, after I got here, you know, after he got here, you know, I saw his face, I was like, you know, you, I believe you said you have, because you know what that feel is like. There's that feeling of love and joy and just wanting to do better. And him, you know, having him, made me kind of slap me into reality of okay what i'm doing i can't do anymore so and it also made me you know think about it is this the kind of life i want to live and it made me want to kind of push to have that life that you know not only that he deserves or you know my daughter deserves it gave me the life what it made me sit back and think of what do I want in my for myself in life. And that was kind of my way of, you know, pushing myself to strive for bigger things outside of, you know, just living till the next day. It's crazy how diving into parenthood can do that for I I was still in college when I had my oldest. Um, I had not yet graduated, and I was determined to graduate, and so I did so with a baby. Uh, my graduation announcements had me in my cap and gown and my little baby girl dressed up as a bangle because I went to Idaho State University, and we were the bangles. But I was determined, and I never got better grades in college than when I was a mother because as soon as I had a baby, I, was, it, I meant business. I was on the dean's list every semester after I had a baby because... <laughs> It just stuff got serious and it's crazy how, and I don't think it does that for everyone. It's like you said, you can be a mom without being, you know, you can be a parent without being a mom or a dad. You could like, the, it doesn't happen for everyone, but 
when it does happen, it's pretty powerful. And I totally appreciate that. So what goals are you pursuing right now, Haley? Um, number one on my list is finishing my associates. I have, I will officially become done with that in August. I have one more term left. I'm in my second to last one. And then eventually move into my bachelor's. Um, goal number two is to get out of the work environment that I'm in to provide myself with more, to give myself that sense of stability back and control back into my life. I said, you know, that constant wondering of, you know, what, <laughs> what will today be like, you know, kind of anxious all the time, being able to provide myself with that sense of control over myself again. Uh, those are, to be honest, the goals that I have right now, they're constantly changing. You know, today it may be this, you know, today it may be finishing up, you know, my associate's role straight in my bachelor's, you know, next month it could be, okay, well, you know what? Bachelor's can wait. I want to buy a house. You know what I mean? And we can, it, it, I make my goals flexible to where I am in that moment. I think that's very healthy. I think a lot of times we feel like we're on this timeline that we have to do things by a certain time. It's kind of like I felt when I had my baby with finishing my degree, but we're, the timeline's all in our head. Like you have your whole life. And I mean, obviously none of us know what tomorrow holds, but just if we can live in the moment and do things in the moment, we're going to be a lot happier. And I think it's great that you have those goals. And I hope you keep pushing for that getting your education and then getting into a job where you feel more stable, because I know that will help you with your mental health so much too. That's, I think I, I like those goals and I like that you're realistic about them. Those, those are smart goals. And I like that. All right. Um, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. So we're going to get closer to finishing up this episode so that you can get back to work because you are on your lunch right now. Um, I always do a few little things at the end is like a tradition. And before we do that, I'm just going to ask you one last personal question. I know for me, all the times I spent crying in my car, although I always had certain artists that, you know, I could sing my guts out to or jam out to, to kind of be the background to my life story. Who is your favorite artist or who are the artists that were the background to your story? Um. That's a hard, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's a hard one for me. Um, because my genres of music kind of fall all over the place. Um, it kind of just depends on where I'm at for the day. Um, one that I can typically say that I kind of fall back to, and you know, I always have has been a band called Falling in Reverse, and it's kind of one of those, you know. Because, you know, the lead singer is a recovering addict. So, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, what he goes through with his, you know, his road to recovery and, you know, his own mental illnesses in a song form. And in a way, I can relate to a lot of, you know, the feelings and emotions that he has, you know, it kind of makes me feel a little less alone in that fact, if that makes sense. I think it's magic how music and poetry and art can do that and i think that's because all of those things every every form of art every medium of art is just 
an expression of people's human experience and we all have our own human experience. And so we see our own experience in other people's art and we make those connections and we relate to them. And it's, I think it's magic and it's beautiful. I think it's the whole point of art. I love it. All right. So before we go, I always ask you if you had the whole world's attention for, you know, two minutes, what are the three main takeaways you'd want them to take away from this conversation? Mental health, mental health is a living entity and growth is not stagnant. It is going to, some days are going to be really good and, you know, there could be a month where you're just on the down and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're falling back. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's something wrong with you. It's just growth. It's never about where, when you hit that bottom, there's nothing wrong with hitting that bottom. It's how you get back up from it. Um, if you're struggling, ask for help and not everybody is going to understand and that's okay. You find the people that, you know, do understand you and are willing to accept you. And you move with that crowd. And number three, other people's opinions depending on what they are really don't change who you are as a person you know you can be on the down now and people can call you say you know you're being lazy or you know you don't do anything and that's um and you know as long as you know who you are that's okay it's okay for people to have their own opinions of you as long as you know who you are as a person. I like those takeaways and I think they're all very, very true. Okay, before I let you leave, I have to do my end of the episode tradition and that is to have you put your hands on your heart or chest, whatever, and repeat after me, I matter. I matter. I am loved. I am love. I am enough. I am enough. Ah. Thank you so much, Haley, for taking your lunch break to chat with me about mental health. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I hope you keep fighting tirelessly for your own happiness and for your goals, because I know you can achieve them. Yes, ma'am. And thank you so much for having me, Jordan. You have a great day. All righty. Bye.